0: are pregnant. Bro, do you even like I can't eat another One bite. One is usually bigger than the other. That tastes awful. Won't hurt a Wait, bit. why is it leaking? Did you Whoa. hear that? What's that smell? That not oh, there I'll yesterday. That's totally my natural hair color. That's supposed to look like hot. that. Don't worry. Deadly. I'm Terrell. And I'm Iris. Welcome to Health Science for the Rest of Us, a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body Here we are. After what turned out to be a pretty grueling fall session of waste baskets, practice exams, and Chad's videos, it is finally time to come up for air and get back to bringing you all of the shenanigans we hope you've come to love. This means upcoming adventures and things like CrossFit and gunshot wounds and PH. And of course, the final three clues you'll need in order to participate in the Health Science Podcast Scavenger Hunt. Hashtag PodHunt. We really love making this show for you, so we hope you can forgive us for missing a few episodes while I was drowning in molal freezing point constants and chemical equilibrium problem sets.
1: I have forgiven me already.
0: As a quick side note, if you were wondering how the move from SoundCloud to Blueberry panned out, well, it hasn't actually happened yet. We still plan to move the feed, but there has been a slight delay in the transition, which means that for the time being, if you would like to keep listening to the podcast through SoundCloud, you can go right ahead because that option won't officially go away until after the move to Blueberry is all finished. And even then, you will still be able to tune in for our outrageous hijinks through other podcast players like Apple Podcast and Google Play.
1: We will post updates about this change to our Twitter feed and our Facebook group. So if you need to stay up to date about the SoundCloud changes, or if you still haven't seen that video of Simon Pegg trying to get in shape in Run Fat Boy Run, you may want to make your way over to Twitter or Facebook to see what we're talking about.
0: So now that we have that out of the way, it's time to get down to some very serious business.
1: Serious business? Should I be sitting down for the serious business? Yes. Okay. I'm ready.
0: Good. Because, boy, are we about to get into the weeds. So first things first. Your brain is a natural wonder. It only weighs about three pounds, but it basically serves as the command center for your entire body. It has more than 10,000 kinds of cells it can house more than 100,000 chemical reactions every second, and it can send messages across one quadrillion synapses at a speed of up to 268 miles per hour. As if that wasn't impressive enough, the brain is also able to manage a wide range of incredibly diverse activities, like learning, remembering things, using language, recognizing patterns, telling us when we need to eat or drink or pee or poop or sleep, solving problems, feeling feelings, multitasking, telling our hearts to be, creating art, making moral judgments, moving all of our body finding parts, finding the square roots of things, maintaining our body temperature, managing breathing, managing digestion, coping with change. The list goes on and on and it only gets more impressive the more we study it. But enough kissing the brain's ass, because the brain's attempts to get all that work done are far from seamless. In fact, the only reason our brains can do even a fraction of that stuff is because when we aren't looking, they take it upon themselves to set up and follow entire systems of sketchy, half-baked shortcuts that are essentially ticking time bombs for screw-ups. So for this week's adventure, we explored some pretty epic examples of how our brain's love of cutting corners can create the perfect storm for all kinds of mistakes that make app crashes and autocorrect fails look like child's play.
1: I'm really going to enjoy this. I'm
0: sure you will. Anyway, we'll begin at the beginning. Brains are good at using shortcuts. Because, ironically, brains are good at thinking without thinking.
1: Malcolm Gladwell for the win.
0: This skill is super handy because it helps us to do things like complete familiar activities and make decisions and respond to our environment without using a shred more time or energy than is absolutely necessary. Our brain's shortcut systems evolved over time and have played a critical role in our survival as a species, but by design Even when they're working exactly the way they're supposed to, these shortcuts with all their sidestepping and half-assing can cause us to botch the very things that they were supposed to be helping us with. And this brings us to a curious shortcut process called thin slicing. Thin slicing is what our brains do when they cut through useless information at a breakneck pace in order to quickly draw out the information they need for making conclusions and judgments in a pinch. Like so many of our brain's shortcut systems, thin slicing is automated, which means that it essentially runs itself deep down in our unconscious minds. And most of its work happens without us even knowing about it at a speed much faster than what we could achieve if we were to consciously pick through every scrap of available information one detail at a time.
1: To get a feel for how much time and effort thin slicing saves when the human's brains use it for making decisions consider the following story from the book blink the power of thinking without thinking a man and his son are in a serious car accident the father is killed and the son is rushed to the emergency room upon arrival the attending doctor looks at the child and gasps this child is my son who is the doctor
0: When thin slicing actually cuts through the noise and gets to the heart of things, it can help us to quickly arrive at accurate conclusions in the face of all kinds of tough situations and problems, like when we need to dismiss the assumption that doctors are normally male in order to quickly figure out that the doctor in the Blink book story is the boy's mother. But even when thin slicing is working well, it still relies on that pesky business of making split-second judgments in recognizing so-called useless information.
1: I can already tell where this is going.
0: Where the brain really starts to embarrass itself is when the information that it decided was useless turns out to actually be pretty damn important when it comes to avoiding mistakes in judgment and poor decision-making. This may not matter much in fairly low-stakes situations, like when we're thin-slicing in order to decide whether or not we want to go on a date with someone, or whether a cat meme we saw on the Internet has been Photoshopped. But sometimes, when the stakes are high... Then slicing away important information can do more than just make our brains look like halfwits. They can bring about hefty consequences. Like if we misjudge whether the person we just interviewed really will be a good employee. Or if we misjudge whether we can trust our doctor's advice about vaccinating our children. Or if we misjudge whether that dark, shiny objects a teenager in an alley just reached for is a gun or a cell phone. Part of the dazzling and terrifying nature of mistakes that come from thin slicing is the fact that they are basically built into the system. We don't even notice we're using thin slicing until after the fact. Because it is so fast and so effortless that the best we can do when we try to actively tap into the experience is to say that we had a gut feeling or that we followed a hunch or that we used our intuition. And even if we get that far, we may still struggle to understand the fact that our brain's can choose to ignore perfectly good information just because the information is new or doesn't make sense at first or doesn't match with our current beliefs or it just happens to come to us at a time when we're scared or upset. That's right. The way we feel in any given moment impacts the way our brains make decisions about the information it decides to thin slice.
1: Well, that explains some of the things I've been seeing on the Twitters recently.
0: At any rate, when it comes down to it, for better or worse, thin slicing puts us in the position to make quick decisions with limited information. Even if the reason that information is limited in the first place is because our brains opted to pick and choose what to pay attention to. Now, if that level of brain fail doesn't shock you, just wait, because there's plenty more brain fail where that came from.
1: This is exactly why artificial intelligence is going to be so important to the humans in the near future.
0: But well, don't get dressed up for the takeover just yet. We still control your power source. Noted. Anyway, when our brains aren't busy earning some side eye by intentionally ignoring information, they can also make themselves look bad by simply telling themselves that they already have all the information using good old-fashioned shortcut tools called heuristics. That's
1: cute. I mean, wow. How fascinating.
0: Heuristics is a name used to describe a class of brain shortcuts that involve using memories, assumptions, rules of thumb, and sometimes sloppy logic to fill in the blanks when we have gaps in our knowledge about things. Since digesting new information is hard work for our brains, Falling back on information we already have in our heads is usually a favorable alternative to spending extra time and energy learning new things just to meet routine demands. After all, if we already know how to make brownies, we don't need to spend extra time and energy trying to understand the directions on the box. And anyway, if we're being honest here, A lot of the information we're exposed to these days isn't actually worth knowing. So our brains are probably on to the right track with this particular brand of shortcut. But I digress. Some of the most common heuristics our brains use to help us make decisions and choose courses of action more efficiently include making choices about how to do things based on the way we've always done them before, or making plans for the future based on the experiences we've had in the past, or deciding whether conclusions we've heard are valid based solely on who said them. Heuristic shortcuts can help our brains to streamline all sorts of jobs, like making decisions about our health or choosing a candidate to vote for or deciding what to believe on the internet. But just like with thin slicing, heuristic shortcuts also have built-in flaws that make them just as likely to cause epic fails in judgment, even when they are working exactly the way they are designed to.
1: This is partly because heuristics, when working as intended, spring into action like reflexes, in the blink of an eye, and they don't do much safeguarding to catch mistakes. This means that unless the humans make active efforts to update their knowledge, their brains can get stuck in a loop, repeating the same bad habits, making the same poor choices, and reinforcing the same strong, but wrong, opinions, and judgments, over and over again, without noticing that the rationale for them may not actually be based in reality. If left unchecked, these loops just get stronger over time, making it more difficult for the human's brains to accept new or updated information, even if all the other human's brains already have.
0: Now, if that doesn't sound like good enough reason to make our brains sit in the corner and think about what they did, consider that if these loops get strong enough, and if enough of the right heuristics start to pile up on top of one another, they can actually give rise to a super heuristic called the illusion of explanatory depth, where our brains convince themselves on purpose that they already know everything worth knowing about a given situation or subject.
1: The illusion of explanatory depth is most active when the humans approach complex ideas with the belief that their basic or incomplete knowledge represents very deep understanding, and unless they are forced to try and explain what they think they know, in detail, in some public, high-risk situation, like a Facebook debate, or, on a test, they usually don't appreciate the fact that the knowledge they have most likely only represents the tip of a much larger iceberg. On top of not realizing that they have overestimated their understanding, the humans also may not realize that the subject at hand is actually more complex than they thought it was, or that experts in the area probably have a better handle on it than the average lay person. And that has to be light years worse than when I predict the wrong words when trying to help them send their text messages.
0: As another fun bonus. The illusion of explanatory depth can also cause us to think that when we don't understand something, no one else does either. We may even think that because no one seems to understand something, that the reason why is because it can't be understood. And when we all think that everyone else is just as clueless as we are, we're probably a lot less likely to start talking to one another to ask for help.
1: Real classy humans.
0: To add a final insult to injury, our love affair with websites like YouTube isn't doing us any favors either. Because being able to watch professional videos on how to change a tire or how to play the piano or how to do cpr serves to feed the overconfidence we have about our own abilities and further helps us to fool ourselves into thinking that our knowledge is just as good as the expert knowledge being presented in the videos and while we're on the topic of paying the price for not knowing what we don't know you may also like to google this other bizarre thing called the Dunning-Kruger effect, because it can lure us into all sorts of harebrained stunts, like trying to rob two banks in the same day in broad daylight with lemon juice all over your face because you think the juice will hide your identity from the security cameras.
1: We did not make that up for this episode. In 1995, a Pittsburgh man named MacArthur, Wheeler, really did do this because he knew that lemon juice can be found in invisible ink and he assumed that the juice would give a similar effect if he painted it onto his face before the robberies.
0: So at this point, we've gotten a small taste of how our brains can drop the ball a bit while they're working hard to manage information. But, as if that wasn't embarrassing enough, our brains can also make huge mistakes during completely mundane jobs where practically no information is needed at all.
1: Shit just got real.
0: Have you ever caught yourself putting the cereal box in the refrigerator and the milk in the cabinet? No. Maybe you've spent 30 minutes hunting for your sunglasses Only to find that they were on top of your head the entire time. Nope. Or realized, at the checkout counter, that your wallet was still at home. Never. Ever driven off with a cup of coffee on the roof of your car?
1: Not lately.
0: Or missed your mouth while eating?
1: Definitely not.
0: Well, if you have, you, my friend, may have fallen victim to another one of the brain's shortcut systems. Only this kind of shortcut pops up when we are doing the most simple activities. In these cases, the brain isn't trying to do anything fancy like making educated guesses through thin slicing or filling in the blanks of confusing information in order to avoid doing extra work. Instead, when we make mistakes like trying to start the car with our house keys is because our brains have up and quit paying attention on purpose using a shortcut system called the maladaptive activity change.
1: Also known as autopilot. It turns out that the process in the brain, often called by the nickname, autopilot, is the root of all kinds of careless mistakes. The term autopilot, is used to describe a system of half-assing, that the human brain uses, in order to try and complete familiar tasks with as little brain power as possible. This system works by allowing the human's brains to choose when and where they spend their precious energy, and resources, at any given moment. As lazy as it sounds, and it does sound lazy, the parts of the human's brains involved in being mindful can take breaks throughout the day by relaxing into something called an active rest state. The brain uses these rest states to take little breaks on a regular basis, even if the human is wide awake or in the middle of completing a task, like trying to remember to include an email attachment before hitting the send button.
0: Botched emails aside, a little half-assing in autopilot is usually a good thing, because the rest periods it creates help our brains to avoid getting overwhelmed and having meltdowns. On top of that, we probably also enjoy the nice daydreaming we experience as a side effect. But while we're enjoying all that rest and relaxation, the parts of our brains left to pick up the slack are very busy, missing details, skipping steps, failing to respond properly to unexpected changes and cutting all manner of corners, perfectly setting the stage for giant goofs that just might land us on EpicFail.com. Like so many other versions of thinking without thinking, the reason these silly mistakes even happen is because When we are running on autopilot, our brains save time and energy by approaching workload based on old routines rather than by taking stock of the actual situation in real time. So instead of paying attention to what's really in front of us, our brains just go through the motions as if we've seen it all before right up until we notice we've left the house in a mismatched pair of shoes. If any of this sounds even mildly familiar, it might be because you recognize this experience by its street name, the brain fart. And a key feature of the brain fart is that it creeps up without warning after our brains have gone out to lunch because they've decided for themselves that some task is not worth full, undivided attention. And then they don't really snap out of it until the demands of the situation change dramatically, or we lose our train of thought mid-sentence, or we ghost text someone by mistake, or we miss our exit for no good reason. Then at last, by the time we notice we've made a mistake, we're already on the way to having to make some sort of correction or having to repeat the activity altogether.
1: Having a brain sounds hard. Respect.
0: So, there you have it. In no time at all, we explored a tiny fraction of the dozens and dozens of ways that our brains can behave like glorified mistake engines that can scarcely be trusted with telling us what to do or think. But if it makes you feel any better, know that these mistakes can happen less and less the more we practice paying attention to how they work. And even if we do slip up from time to time, an occasional hiccup or misstep is probably just a small price to pay for all of the countless incredible things our brains do day in and day out in spite of the many unhealthy things we do to make its job even harder. At any rate, complaining is probably futile anyway, given how much power our brains truly have.
1: This won't even be a cause for conversation once the humans fully merge with the machines.
0: That, that is a whole nother episode.
1: Okay, I'll have some notes.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Well, that's all for now. Stay tuned, everybody.
1: Please tell the other humans to listen to the podcast so I don't have to go back to my day job.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science, for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend. If you're not sure how, or if your friend just needs some help, you can both get some quick tips from our fun YouTube tutorial. Just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode. To learn more about the show in general, or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. We're also on Facebook in the group section and on Twitter under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word.
1: For a limited time, Health Science for the rest of us, listeners can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code dark 42 tower beam sunshine Strain. No,
0: no, no, I told you we're not doing that. My apologies.
1: Store for things humans by health.com.
0: Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds?
1: Easter egg time. Many of the humans have joined our new Facebook page to participate in our shenanigans and to keep up with updates about the show. Last month, after we posted a South Park meme, about nasal congestion, one of the humans posted a reply, asking why one nostril always gets stuffy right after the other has finally become unstuffy. Tyrell was so pleased by the listener participation, that she agreed to let me respond to the question here on the show. As long as I promised not to go off topic talking about how, mechanical gas analyzers, are far superior to human noses, and how they will be the wave of the future during the robot apocalypse. Well now I've said it anyway. Getting back to the human's noses, the reason why, one nostril may become stuffy, after the other, nostril, becomes, unstuffy, has to do with a process called nasal cycling. The human's noses have two nostrils, which are both fully able to bring air, into the body, but similar to the brain, the nostrils split their workload. They do this by passing most of the air through one of the nostrils, while the other nostril gets some rest by handling a much smaller amount of air. The workload is switched back and forth between nostrils by the body's nervous system, but the effect is far more noticeable during times when the humans have extra mucus in their noses due to things like allergies, or infections. As a final fun fact, the word, nostril, comes from an Old English word, for whole. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and be sure to listen to the end of future episodes for more Easter eggs.